Greetings, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of the Universal Freemason Podcast. My name is J.T. Asher. I'm your host and president and founder of the Universal Freemason Research Society, which is a nonprofit educational organization designed to teach Masonic philosophies as a means to help to improve society. <clears throat> I hope everyone has been well. It's been uh it's been about a month since our our last podcast. Um and I'm recording this one right after um uh, Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States. Um had a really good Thanksgiving yesterday. Thanksgiving was yesterday and uh had a really good Thanksgiving. Um decided this year to forego uh the traditional turkey and um got a, a whole chicken and the initial plan was to put it in a rotisserie in uh, this little oven that i have uh but it only took me about 10 minutes to realize once i got the thing on the rotisserie spit and all that um that the chicken wasn't going to fit in the oven <laughs> so had to go to plan b which was to um uh, actually to roast the chicken just as I would roast, um, a turkey, which meant, um, roasting it for about three hours on low heat, um, in a, uh, cast iron enamel little pan I got. Um, and, you know, I have to say, best chicken I, I ever had. <laughs> it was really good and tender. And we had a, we had a, me and my wife had a really good Thanksgiving here. Um, so welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad uh, that you can uh, be able to join me here today. Uh, I want to, we're going to do things a little bit differently here, starting with this episode. And as I mentioned in the last episode, we're going to take a, a, a turn and go to, into exploring esoteric meanings in Freemasonry and how Freemasonry and esoteric are, you know, can go hand in hand and often does. And there's a lot of um, symbolism in, in Freemasonry that um, is esoteric by nature, as well as um, some esoteric er, esotericism exists in Masonic ritual. And without giving out any secrets or anything like that, we will, in general terms, talk about uh, Masonic ritual and uh, esoterica. Um, and today, uh, as we get into the podcast proper, we're going to uh, explore the Kabbalah and uh, how it fits into the first degree of uh, Freemasonry. So there will be no real readings today. It's mostly going to be uh, just sharing some information. And uh, in our next episode, we will get back into uh, readings from uh, Albert Pike and incorporate that into our esoteric discussions as well. So uh, I'm excited about the uh, new direction that we're taking here and uh, looking forward to uh, to delving into that. Um, I learn just as much in these podcasts as, as, as you all do sometimes. And, uh, so it, it's meaningful to me as well. I, 
want to uh, talk about a little discussion I had about a month ago, just before I quit using Twitter. Um, and I had an opinion, and I have this opinion, that a discussion about political or religious speech um, by Freemasons, uh, though it should never become a part of something we discuss while we sit together in Lodge awaiting um, our uh, Masonic ritual to begin, um, or afterwards in Lodge, um, my opinion has been and always will be based on well, I'll tell you why in a minute. But my opinion is that political and religious speech uh, should be shared by Freemasons. And this is not to say to try to persuade each other uh, to lean towards any one political party or any or towards any one religion. But because politics and spirituality and religion uh, intertwines itself in each of us, it is not a, uh, uh, it is going to come up, you know, in our daily interactions with other human beings. So, and the reason why I think that Freemasons should uh, talk about their political uh ideologies is because along with politics is also the subject of justice and social justice and whether or not um, a certain political party is uh, enveloped in promoting uh, social social justice and which political party is is uh, uh, is in the way of or or deflecting social justice. And these are important points to ponder, and the Freemasons should always stand up for what is just and what is right. That is what is uh, that is our goal, is to help to improve society by standing up, not turning the other way when injustice is dealt out, but to face it and try to promote justice where, when and where we can. And, you know, this discussion uh, turned into... Uh, there was one brother um, that said that he cannot ever discuss it because, uh, you know, while he's uh, in, on the business of his uh, in, uh, Freemasonry. And what I interpret that to mean is while you're representing not your Freemasonry, but when you if you're representing your lodge, if you're in a lodge event, you know, you certainly don't want to be promoting things that your lodge doesn't, uh, you know, approve of or have discussions that your lodge would frown upon. I understand that as an organization, um, as organizational aspect, I, I get it. Um, my point is, is that um, the Freemasons aren't just Freemasons within a, a building. Um, the lodge is also... Um, the earth in which we dwell. Manly P. Hall wrote extensively about that in uh, uh, The Lost Keys of Freemasonry. So we're always representing 
a Masonic path, no matter where we are or what we think we're representing at the moment. It doesn't matter. Um, I will say, and as I just mentioned, um, a second point of this would be that, you know, there are two ways to view Freemasonry. And the first way that it, the Freemasonry often gets viewed is that a Freemasonry being an organization. Um, so there's a viewpoint that in order for anybody to be a, a Freemason, um, you must be a dues-paying member at X Lodge, okay, in whatever lodge that is. And if X Lodge doesn't recognize you as being a Freemason, then there's um, a judgment made on you that you're not a Freemason at all. Uh, no matter how much you do to promote Freemasonry, no matter, you know, whatever uh, organization you belong to in the past, um, if you're not currently dues-paying, then you're frowned upon, or even better yet, and this is where I, this is where I think we have a big problem in, in Freemasonry. Um, if my lodge doesn't recognize your lodge, if my order doesn't recognize your order, then um, you're not considered to be a, a, a brother. And, you know, there's never going to be any uh, unification there as long as, as long as, you know, as long as this attitude exists, as long as this philosophy goes. Um, I do understand that Sure, um, if my order doesn't accept your order, then you probably won't be invited to sit in lodge. That's that's one thing. That's an organizational matter. But um, that doesn't mean, to, in my eyes, my viewpoint is, is that um, if you're living a Masonic life and you are promoting uh, Masonic ideals, in my view, no matter from what order you come from, and this is the view of the Universal Freemason Research Society, um, which is not um, owned by any lodge. It's a nonprofit organization set up as an or, uh, educational organization. And so our viewpoint at Universal Freemason is that if you're promoting Freemasonry and you're living a Masonic life, um, we certainly do recognize that, and we certainly do accept you from no matter what order you come from, or no order at all, really. Uh, as Albert Pike and Manley P. Hall wrote extensively about, um, lodges should be uh, seeking people who are Freemasons and then making them lodge members. Um, and we hold that same uh, truth to be evident here at uh, Universal Freemason Research Society. Uh, so, and that gets me to the second point. So the first point is, is Freemasonry is an organization. Um, lodges will accept or reject whomever they feel is worthy or not worthy to be a member of that lodge. Um, then you come into the recognition that uh, Freemasonry is a spirit. And a Freemasonry is a spirit, and Freemasonry is a philosophy. And when you come on to that point, you find that Freemasonry, the spirit, 
welcomes everybody. Uh, no matter your your pronoun, um, no matter your place in the world, um, no matter how many medals you have on your chest, uh, the spirit of free or none at all, the spirit of Freemasonry welcomes you to join her and to um, and to utilize her to help you uh, improve yourself as as you improve society. Um, so there's the two ways of looking at it. And, and you know, people uh, who believe in Freemasonry, the organization, uh, and without the organization, Freemasonry does not exist. They are very staunch and they are very set in their ways, and that's, and that's okay. Um, and, and, you know, uh, people who believe in the other way, I think that... I think you have extremes on both sides, <laughs> but um, but certainly Freema uh, recognizing Freemasonry, the spirit, um, certainly does help you to uh, accept uh, most people uh, that are trying to live that life, if, if I'm making any sense at all. Um, so, and, you know... It, I wrote in my notes here that we have to ind individually decide where the uh, where the lines are. Um, so inside a literal lodge room um, built by mankind is that is that what's making us a Freemason, or is that our only lodge room? Or outside, or do we accept that outside is the universal lodge room built by the great architect and um, so we have to decide that. Um, the point being where if you're living a Masonic life, if you consider yourself a Freemason, uh, if you've been initiated in the lodge, uh, in a lodge, or if you've not been initiated in a lodge at all, um, you are uh, you are an emanation of the great architect yourself and your speech, in your thoughts, in your actions, um, in your words. That is, that is um, an emanation of the great architect. And are we being a good emanation of that? And are we being, uh, uh, are we being good uh, servants of the spirit of Freemasonry? So um, back to my original point, that is where I believe that uh, if you see something that is in, not just and a political party is helping to promote the injustice, by all means, as a Freemason, not only uh, can you call that out, but you should call that out. If you see something that is uh, promoting justice, and it is done by a political party that is promoting that justice, again, um, that should be a part of your speech. Um, that should be a part of your actions to stand up for that justice and help to promote it. Uh, so that's where the big discussion was on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, um, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, I don't use Twitter anymore. Uh, I noticed that it was starting to become a, a, a lot more hateful and, uh, a lot more argumentative, such as the, the, uh, discussion I had with, with these brothers, uh, just before I left, um, and I decided that it would be good for me to, uh, to bow out. Um, although my account is still active there, I don't, I don't use it anymore. I deleted the app from my, 
uh, from my phone and from my uh, other devices. But um, but you can find me on Tribal. It's tribal.com. Uh, you can uh, find me there. I'm at ufreemason357. And I have a group there called the Universal Freemason Podcast. Um, for those of you that listen to this podcast, I'm able to uh, not have all the character um, uh, uh, limits that we had on Twitter. Um, so I'm able to actually write out some um uh, a lot more uh, things regarding these podcasts, a lot more explanations and things like that. Um, and I find this more beneficial to be there uh, than uh, to be on Twitter because of the character limitations were always a, an issue with me. Uh, you know, I even ramble when I'm writing. <laughs> so, um, so, to, so that's where we're at there. Okay. So you can look for me there. Um, okay. So I, uh, uh, I appreciate you. Um, once again, I appreciate you listening to uh, the first half of the podcast. I'm glad that um, you're here to join me. And again, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, coming up on our second half, right after our uh, word from our sponsor and our moment of GOAT, uh, we're going to talk about the Kabbalah and what it is uh, briefly and how it finds itself in the first degree of uh, Masonic initiation or the first degree of Freemasonry, which is also called the Entered Apprentice Degree. Um, this is the Universal Freemason Podcast. I will be right back. Okay, welcome back and... I am back, and uh, I appreciate the uh, almost 16,000 plays that uh, of the Universal Freemason podcast since March of uh, 2020, so thanks again for that, and uh, also the um, 500 plays of our last episode, which is... Um, which is much appreciated as well. Uh, that last episode was uh, one of the most personal uh, episodes that I ever uh, recorded, and uh, I appreciate you uh, listening to that and uh, going along my journey there with me. Um, and once again, if you haven't uh, picked up the book or or bought the book, uh, Making the Extraordinary, or excuse me, I always do that, Making the Ordinary Extraordinary uh, by uh, Tamara Lucid. Uh, I highly recommend that you pick that up or, or get that on Kindle and uh, give it a, a good read. Uh, really great insight into, uh, into the, you know, uh, Manly P. Hall, the human being, and uh, her memoir is great. Um, and once again, it, it um, certainly changed uh, the way that um, uh, I have been viewing things. I'm viewing myself for a while. Put me on a whole, a whole different path. So uh, anyway, so now let's, let's move forward. Um, let's talk about Kabbalah for a minute. Um, so Kabbalah is often... Uh, described as a Jewish mysticism. Um, it's often described as, uh, uh, I guess you would say, uh, a, 
Jewish mysticism as it pertains to symbolism in uh, Torah or symbolism in the Bible. Um, there are about a half a dozen free classes that a person can take into Kabbalah. And all, all of those classes seem to differ um, in their interpretation of what it is. Uh, I took um, a class oh, about three years ago from Kabbalah U, and it was a free course. It was it was eye opening. And in that course, one of the, one of the things that they said repeatedly was that uh, you need not be Jewish to um, learn or participate in uh, in Kabbalah. Um, you just need to be uh, open-minded and um, you need to under, understand the steps. Um, and some of the steps that they talked about was um, there's, uh, in Judaism, there are 613 what they call mitzvahs. And uh, in Kabbalah, they call it the 613 steps. And the 613 steps says that it takes 613 steps to get from the higher world to the to the world we're in now, and then another 613 steps to get from where we are now to the back to the higher world, uh, back to from which where our souls came. And one premise of Kabbalah that stuck with me, and I had an aha moment, and I'll talk about this in very general terms, as it because it does pertain to uh, the first degree of Masonic ritual. And the aha moment I had, and finally I understood why what happened happened, um, is the Kabbalah says is that you have to reach what they call a point in the heart and to accept the the spiritual path of kabbalah you so you're going along along in life and all of a sudden you come to uh, and i quote and this is what we what they call it in in uh, uh in the kabbalah um is a point in the heart now in the first degree, we also come to that point in the heart, and we might come to that point in the heart in a very literal way, uh, within seconds of um, arriving through the lodge room door, door, that you may come to this point in the heart. Um, this could be a good representation of the Kabbalah uh, teaching about coming to a point in the heart uh, where you're going to make a decision to follow a certain path. In the Kabbalah, it's a spiritual path. So all of a sudden, you know, you're going along your life, you're fine. All of a sudden, you feel this emptiness. Now you reach a point in the heart. You're looking for something as uh, spiritually. Um, you become spiritually awakened. And in the Kabbalah, they call that a point in the heart to where you've come to terms with this, and now you're ready to go on this journey. Um, in Freemasonry, uh, in the first degree, um, we also had been going along uh, our life's path 
we some for one reason or another and there are there are a multitudes of reasons why people decide to join lodges or people decide to to follow masonic paths um and uh, so each individual has their own story but you had to come to that point in the heart or that recognition that you wanted to join a lodge and follow the path of freemasonry so as far as the Kabbalah is concerned, that was a point in the heart. And also as far as Freemasonry is concerned, you also had to reach that point in the heart. Um, now, we can take this point in the heart uh, and we can, we can pretty much uh, take any decision that we've ever made and we can say that we had to come to a point in the heart that that brought us to this decision. Um, you know, any decision, you name it. Uh, what you've had for lunch, <laughs> what, whether or not you've gotten married, whether or not you've gotten divorced, whether or not you had children, um, you, whether or not you decided to go to school or, or for college, whether or not you decided to stop going to college and whether or not you decided to go back to college. <laughs> There's, all of this is a point in the heart that we're talking about. And, uh, and so that leads me to, to say that we have to think about what our decisions have been. And along with what our decisions have been, what have been our intentions, um, based on that decision. Um, some people decide to go to college because they feel like that it's going to make them uh, uh, rich. Um, some people write books um, for that same reason. Um, you know, when I decided to do, uh, uh, to to create Universal Freemason Research Society, my intention was never to ever, ever to make money. It was always to try to, to improve society. So that intent I put out to the universe that I want to, by using Masonic philosophies and teaching what I know uh, about Masonic philosophies and my experiences, I want to help others. I want others to to use that in their lives to, to, to help them to be better. Um, so you have to set a clear, so you come to the point in the heart and then you you make the decision and so after we make these decisions, I, you know, I always give the advice to always ask what your intentions are with what you're about to do. Uh, with your action, what is your intention? And make sure it's a good one and don't lie to yourself. <laughs> you know? um, I sat at lunch with, one time with uh, uh with a really good mentor of mine that I that I miss dearly now. Um we just kind of went our separate ways, but um he uh we were lamenting about why a project that we were involved in had failed. And I you know, and I hadn't seen him for a little while since the project failed. And I when when we met again, that subject came up, and I and I was able to do a lot of reflecting on that. And I said to to, to my friend, I said, you know, I th I think I have that figured out. Uh, 
I think it, and he said, well, why is that? You know, and right at this time, we're in between bites of our Chinese food, right? We have Chinese for lunch every now and again. And I said, you know, I, I think it's because our intention, our intentions were totally wrong. Um, instead of doing this project to, to be helpful, we actually were doing this project to try to show up other, other people that were trying to do the same thing. And, um, and what do you know? Their projects ultimately fell too. But <laughs> so, you know. But I, I told him. I said, I, I think the in, if the intention's not right, the universe isn't going to let it go. And uh, he literally dropped his fork and looked at me with mouth open. Fortunately, he had swallowed his food, you know, before then. And he says, you know what? I, you're right. And he says, I. This is why I was getting into it. And he named A, B, and C, and they were all. They were all wrong, <laughs> and I told them my my story, and mine was all wrong too. So, uh, so come to the point in the heart, make your decision, figure out what your intentions are. If you have the right intentions, um, it will it will thrive. It will it will go forward. You will have much success. Um, and as I mentioned, your intention will determine the success of your project always. It never fails. Uh, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, uh, as long as you're honest with yourself and your intentions are correct, it will go forward. If your intentions aren't right or you're not ready to make that journey, it's not going to thrive. So um, same thing with Freemasonry. You come to the point in the heart, um, you've made the decision to join the lodge, um, if that was your decision. Um and you might have a very literal um, uh, point in the heart moment when you join the lodge. Okay, now ask yourself what's your intention. And I would even say, uh, come to the point in the heart, and if you've decided to join the lodge, ask yourself before even filling out the petition, what is your intention of this? What is your intention? And if it's to improve yourself and to help improve others, um, I applaud you. If it's for any other reason, um, then you might want to reconsider. Um, so, okay. And with that, um, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again for joining me. Um, uh, I can't wait to uh, get to the our next episode, which should be either right before or right after uh, Christmas uh, or right in the middle of Hanukkah. Uh, so until then, uh, go in peace, so mote it be.